faith. We've been on faith the entire year, and we've been hitting faith hard. And guess what? We're going to continue to hit faith hard throughout this year. And we've defined it this way. Faith is complete trust in someone or something. That's the way we're defining it. We're looking at it. Complete trust. And who are we putting our fullness of trust in? Who are we relying on? Who are we trusting in all the things that we do? But I have a question. And I, the question I want to formulate is this way. What do we do when it's hard and it's taking long or it hasn't happened? Anybody been there before? Oh, but I've been waiting for so long. Like, I, I, I've been waiting for the cookies to come out of the oven and it just feels like it's taking forever. I'm waiting for that water to boil. I'm just waiting. And what is it that I am going to do while I'm waiting? And it's this. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. You and I got to continue to pray and wait upon the Lord. Praying and waiting upon the Lord. Watch. I'm going to read you a couple of verses that are or just quote a couple of verses. I want you to look and you can study them deeper. But in Matthew 21, Jesus actually looked at the disciples and he said, whatever you pray for, you will receive it if you have faith. First Thessalonians 5:17 says this, pray without ceasing. In other words, do not stop praying. That's what it means to not cease, not stop. In James chapter 5, it actually says this. If you are suffering, pray. Then it continues to read after that, and it says that the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. You catch those two words there? Effective and fervent. Continual. But sometimes because our world mentality and our humanity, we get on the scale, it says we weigh X, we start a diet and we weigh ourselves the next morning and we didn't see an improvement so we give up on the diet. We pray for something and we don't see it immediately, therefore we stop. But throughout all of scripture, we see the opposite. We see actually the continual prayer, the continuity of it, the continuation of it. And you and I, as we are waiting upon the Lord, we need to pray. Now, I want you to go with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. Go to 1 Kings chapter number 18. And as you find it there in your Bible, if you've got your Bible, can I see who's got their Bible? Wave your Bible if you've got a Bible at me. Good. Oh, I love seeing Bibles. Like wipe it out and like whoosh, it's a sword, you know? If you don't own a Bible, I encourage you, get a physical Bible. Get a translation that you can read, that you can understand. If you understand Spanish better than English, get a Spanish translation. If you do English, listen, we're not in the time of King James. We do not speak in the thou, thouest, vorest, and all these S's at the end of the words. Get a translation you can read and understand. I recommend the New King James translation or the ESV, which is the English Standard Version, are good translations that you can read. But get yourself a physical Bible that you can underline, that you can highlight. But we're in 1 Kings chapter 18. And let me give you a synopsis of what's taking place here. Israel's been in a three and a half year drought. Now, three and a half years of no rain. And what happens in a place that is already desertish, when there is no rain, it gets even worse. And so for three and a half years, they have been in this drought. And this is where we find Elijah in chapter 18, verse 41 of the book of 1 Kings. It says, and Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, 
for there is a sound of the rushing rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again, seven times. And at the seventh time, he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Church, we need to keep praying. And the first thing as we are praying is this, we need to speak in faith. Did you catch that before he went up to the top of the mountain and got down in prayer position and started to pray? The first thing he did is he went to Ahab and said, hey, go eat while you can because the rain is coming. I hear the sound of the rain. He spoke in faith. Now, again, three and a half years of no rain, three and a half years of drought, and he hasn't gone up to the top of the mountain to start praying, but he changed what he spoke and said to him, rain is coming. You and I need to start speaking and make sure that what we speak are statements of faith in that that we are believing for, even if we're in the midst of a three and a half year drought. Because you look and you say, well, how long? When's it going to happen? Well, that drought may be long, but you are gonna, and I are going to start to shift by switching what we speak. And we need to, as we wait, speak in faith. The second thing we see there is as we wait, we need to pray fervently. I, I don't know if some of us feel because of the fact that God is king, we have to like go to him in like this solemn so, solitude silence, right? Like some people when they go to pray, it's like they're whispering and it's like, like a little, it's like, no, 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 no. You can boldly go before the throne room of God fervently with authority, with power. You guys remember Hannah? When she was praying for Samuel in First Kings, it, or sorry, the first uh, First Samuel, it says that she goes before the uh, she goes to the temple and she's praying and she's there. I mean, like out of her mind praying, but just moving her lips. She's praying in her mind and moving her lips. And the prophet comes and says, "Lady, it's nine in the morning. Why are you drunk?" And she says, "I'm not drunk. I'm just crying out, gimiendo." It's just cry out from the inside. You and I, we can and should pray fervently, boldly, in private. You can pray. I'm not talking about just when you're collective. I'm talking about you in your prayer closet, in your war room, in your car, in the bathroom, wherever you are talking to God. You're like driving down the road and you're like talking and we're like, oh, they must be having an argument. No, they're just praying fervently. Speaking it. And as we wait, we've got to pray and pray fervently, continually, without stopping. And this is one of the things that we see here. And I, I want you to write it down this way. Keep praying till you see it. 
The prophet, three and a half years, there's been a drought. Three and a half years, there has not been rain. And he goes and he tells the king, go get food in your stomach because it's going to rain. I hear it, even though there wasn't a sound. There wasn't a visual of it, and it wasn't rain. But then he starts to pray. And what's the next thing he does? He sends a servant to go look. The servant goes and comes back and says, there's nothing. And the, Elijah's not like, oh, well, I guess I failed. No, 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 no. He continues to pray. And he tells the servant, go look again. You know, it doesn't tell us there if it took a span of seven minutes, like one minute to run and come back. And then again, we don't know if it was a day or maybe two weeks. I'm not exactly sure how long it was, but I know this. Seven times he was there praying and crying out, sending the servant to look. And the servant came back six of those times saying, there's nothing. Sometimes we pray for something once, twice. And we're like, well, if it didn't happen, it just must have not been God's will. No, Jesus actually said, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Because if you ask, you will receive. And if you seek, you will find. Are we seeking? We have to pray till we see it. Not only that, we got to keep looking till we find it. Keep looking till you see it. When do you stop looking for something that was lost? When you found it. Say it, dad joke 101. When somebody tells me, oh, it was in the last place I looked, I always respond with like, well, why were you going to keep looking if you found it? You ever heard that, that saying? Okay, you don't, never, never mind. My wife's back there, like, yeah, that didn't make any sense. Let me explain it to you. You come and you say, Abigail tells me all the time, oh, I found it. Where was it? It was in the last place I looked. Well, obviously, you're not going to keep looking once you find it. But any which way, we'll let it go. Come on, Elsa, let it go. Let it go. We need to look for it. But we give up very easily. Part of our mindset is we just replace things instead of looking for them. And we replace even our faith at times because we haven't received that which we were believing for. Keep looking. Keep praying. And then we see... That once the servant comes back and says, I see the cloud. In the New King James translation, it says like the size of a fist. In this translation, it said like a hand, like a small hand over the sea. At that moment, Elijah didn't look and say, okay, let's wait till I get the cloud gets bigger. No, no, no. At that moment, what did he do? He began to proclaim it. He said, go announce to Ahab, better get moving before the mud stops your tires. Let's get rolling. When you and I have been keeping the faith, when we have been waiting and praying, waiting and looking, when we're doing that and we begin to see the hand of God move, we need to proclaim it and we need to stand on it. Many times, God moves in our lives and we keep it quiet. We're ashamed of telling people what God has done. And you and I need to have that shame go because as God moves in my life and I share it, you are encouraged to continue to believe because God is going to do it in you too. Our faith will continue to grow as we continue to trust in him. And all the little things. You know, yesterday I, I, I was talking just in the first service, I experienced two miracles yesterday. And you're going to think, ah, oh, it wasn't a miracle, but they were miracles. Trust me. I, I, I was down to my last pair of contact lenses. Now, I wear contact lenses about once a week. 
So when I, I use dailies, and so when I get a pair of, you know, uh, uh, the sample at the eye doctor for 10, man, that lasts me two and a half months because I'm only wearing them about once a week. And I was down to the last one. And guess what? I couldn't find my prescription. Now, I got my prescription in February, and my, I, I, my prescription uh, hasn't changed in like six or seven years, but they won't sell it to you if you don't have a new prescription every year. You got to turn a new one. So I had the paper, but I had 10, so I could do it later, and I could do it later. But then I couldn't find the prescription. And I've been searching everywhere. I mean, I'm telling you everywhere. I've gone through every paper in my home office, my church office. I've gone through every part of Patty's car. I remember we went to the eye doctor in her car. So I went to the glove box. I went through every single thing. I found everything but the prescription. On Friday, I gave up. And I called the eye doctor. And I said, hey, I need a copy of my prescription. Can you email it to me? They're like, nope. But we can put it in the mail. I need my prescription. So yesterday morning, I do my Bible reading, and I sit at my desk, and I'm like, Lord, I, I need this prescription. And all of a sudden, I, I pull out this piece of paper that's been there the entire time. It was the receipt from when I went to take my wife's car to Kendall Toyota to get its service. And for some reason, when I folded that paper, I folded the prescriptions inside the car paper. But something, the Holy Spirit, had me open it, and there was my prescription. That was miracle number one. Can I tell you what miracle number two was? I went over to Costco, and they had them in stock. And I got two different prescriptions. I got 450 on one and five on the other. It's not like if you got one, you're good. No, 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 no. The lady looked at me and said, Sir, we have them, both of them. And I said, I was down to my last pair. She goes, this is a miracle. And I go, no, it was two, because I've been looking for the paper for two months. <laughs> it's funny, but can I tell you something? When you misplace something, pray. Pray. And I can't tell you how many times I have misplaced something. And I'm going bananas. And the Lord reminds me where it was. Can't tell you how many times in our lives my wife, she can tell you how many stories. Her cell phone has like a dedicated angel on it or something. <laughs> that sucker has been left on the bench in front of Baptist Hospital. And we drove back three hours later. It was still sitting right on the bench. All right. We left it in the monorail at Disney one time, and I'm doing the find my iPhone, and I see the phone just doing laps, right? The loser is going all around the thing. And, they just, and, and every single time, God's protected it. Can I, ask, can I tell you something? If God answers prayer for a stinking piece of paper with a prescription on it or a cellular phone that belongs to you, do you not think that he cares about everything else in your life that you are waiting for? We talk about exercising our faith. Can I tell you? You start exercising your faith by believing for little things. You start exercising your faith as you pray over yourself, as you pray when you're looking for something, as you pray for the parking spot when you're going into the parking lot, as you go, when you pray for everything, because that's why Thessalonians says pray without ceasing. And the reality is this. You, me, we all experience bouts of drought. 
but we got to continue to pray for rain. Abraham prayed for 25 years before him and Sarah had the son of promise. Three and a half years was this drought, and it may be taking a while, but keep praying. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. I wrote this thought down. We may not see it yet, but we got to pray for rain. It may take a while, but keep praying. You may not see it. Keep looking. And the last one is this. When we pray, stand on what God has done. Stand on what God has done. Here's your homework. I want you to read 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18 this week. I'm going to tell you a little bit of what was happening. Because when we get to the place, and, and, and I would love to kind of like interview the servant. Like, how did it feel when Elijah said, go look? And you ran over there, and you saw nothing. Like, did you fear going back and telling him, there's nothing? Did, did, what did you, you know, where were you in all of this, right? But let me tell you what happened. Drought, three and a half years. Do you know why they were in drought? Because Elijah prayed for it to stop raining. James chapter 5 says, Elijah, a man like you and me, prayed earnestly for the rain to stop, and it stopped for three and a half years. Then he prayed fervently for it to rain again, and it rained. When the drought started in 1 Kings chapter 17, can I tell you what? There was drought, but God provided for Elijah. The first thing you find in chapter 17 when it stopped raining was that God told him to go by this brook where he would drink water, and God commanded a raven to bring him bread in the morning and meat at night. You man, you got your little brook there. Pancuano comes over from the bird, dropping it off. You know, like, like I don't know what bread it was, but I'm going to imagine it was Cuban bread because that's the best bread there is. And then at night, a good old churraco. We may be churri. Like, it was good. And you know what God did? Provided for him there in that place until the brook dried up. Then the brook's dried up, and God tells him, go to Zarephath, for I've commanded a widow there to take care of you. Look at this. God is providing supernaturally, and then God uses a widow who doesn't have much to provide for him. We've read this story. We talked about it at the beginning of the year when we started the Faith Activator series, where the woman is there, and Elijah comes up to her and says, can I get some water? She's like, sure. Then he says, but while you're at it, bring me a cake. The woman says, sir, I've only got a little bit of oil and a little bit of uh, 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 flour. I'm about to go bake a small piece of bread for my son and I to eat it and die. I mean, la cosa estaba fea. It was bad. Eat it and die. But the prophet had been told by God, I'm going to provide for you. And I told this lady to do it. So the prophet looks at her, watch, and says, first make me a small cake. And it, the rest of it won't run out. The woman obeys the voice. God had told her. The prophet reminded her. And it says that until the drought was over, her oil and flour never ran out. Watch. Then her son dies. And she comes up to Elijah. And she looks at him. And she says, I made the bread. And now my kid is dead. I didn't ask for this. And Elijah carries the boy to the room where he was sleeping. And the Bible says, there in chapter 17, he laid on top of him, prayed over him, and God raised him from the dead. Then Elijah goes and confronts the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. And this is the story. 
where they're there and he gets the two bulls and he looks and says, how long are you going to vacillate between two opinions, between two gods? How long are you going to go back and forth? If Baal is God, let him worship. If God is God, we're going to worship. Let's put him to the test. And they get the two bulls and they make the altar, right? And this is the one where Elijah there in his boldness, right? He's seen God's provision. He's seen God taking care of. Elijah's there mocking these people. He's like, scream a little louder. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Y'all think I'm funny. No, I'm not funny. That's what the Bible says. I'll read it to you. Chapter 20 is in chapter 26. I'm sorry, 18, verse 26. They took the bull that was given them, prepared, called upon the name of Baal from morning to noon, saying, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, no answer. And they limped around the altar that they had made. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is musing, or he's relieving himself, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. One guy facing 850 people, and he's that bold. Then when he gets tired of it, he says, all right, it's my turn. And since I want to show you that God is so powerful, I'm going to make it a little more difficult. Let's put 15 liters of water on top of the sacrifice. 15 liters. Think about that. Seven and a half two-liter bottles. That's a lot of water. And they pour it on top. It says that the trench was full of water. And he says, God, make it fire. And instantly, fire comes from heaven, consumes the altar, and consumes the sacrifice, and licks up all the water. And then Elijah says to Ahab, I hear the sound of rain. By the way, before he said that, he killed all 450 prophets. He kills them, bro. <laughs> Took out the sword, knocked them all out, and it wasn't Minecraft. It was real. <laughs> and at that point, with all that God had done over those three and a half years, is where we find Elijah say, God send the rain. And it doesn't come. And then again, he says, send the rain, and it doesn't come. Send the rain, 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 doesn't come. Send the rain. I see a cloud. Get ready. It's about to pour. And so you and I, as we're waiting for the rain, what has God done in these three and a half years? What has God done in your life? What has God done in the life of your children? What has God done in you that you can look and say, my faith is stirred to continue to pray and believe for what God is going to do? Because if he did it once, he will do it again. You and I need to keep fighting. You and I need to keep praying. You and I need to keep looking. You and I need to keep going forward. What do we do? We keep praying. How many times? Until we see it happen. Come on, how many parents in here? You get the question from your kids. Can we do this? No. 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 And until the final is like, all right, fine, you know, right? You've been there before, or is that just me? Persistent. As a matter of fact, Jesus gives a parable one time of the unjust judge. The guy that could make it happen for this lady who came and said, look at what they've done to me, but he was an unjust judge and didn't care, but she continued going. And it says, this were Jesus' words, if it may not have been because he wanted to, but because of her persistence. 
Now watch, that was the unjust judge. How much more would our loving heavenly father do for the son and daughter who continuously say, God, reach my son. God, reach my daughter. God, heal my leg. God, heal me. God, restore me. God, reach this. Continue to pray. How long? Until we see it happen. For some things, it may take a while. But can I tell you what? When you see it, glorify him. When you see it, exalt him. I was in my Bible reading this morning, and I came across the story of the lepers. When the ten lepers come up to Jesus, and they ask him, can you heal us? And Jesus says to them, go show yourself. And the Bible says that as they went, they received their healing. And one of them came back. And Jesus said, where's the rest of you? There was 10. He said, I don't know, but I'm clean. And he said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith. Church, we need to not put partial trust, but complete trust in God. For what? Every area of our life. What should we pray for? Everything. Everything. Down to the what am I going to wear to this interview I'm going to. Pray for it. For everything, because God cares about everything. Parents, teach it to your children. When something's going up, let's pray. Let's pray. Have them pray. When they see it come to pass, have them glorify God. Teach them. I'm going to say it this way. Pastor them. What the Lord puts in my heart and my spirit to deposit into this church, pass it on. Why? Because as we train our children, the world will shift. The world will change. I remember several years ago, I got a phone call from my child's teacher. She was in kindergarten. And I got a phone call because she had, been told, she had, she had given out church flyers at a public school. And... Um, they told her, you can't do that. And so she told me when I picked her up, and the next morning, the teacher calls me and says, hey, you know, Mr. Perez, uh, uh, you know, we told Dr. Sandra, we told, I was like, yeah, yeah, she told me about it. I already told her during class time she can't do that, um, but she can do it during lunch. She can do it after school and before school. As long as it's not during class time, she can't, you know, whatever. And um, the lady, you know, she goes on to say, well, no, you know, because the separation of church and state. And I was like, no, 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 sorry. Let me let you know that's not what separation of church and state is. Separation of church and state is the fact that the state can't tell us how to worship. And so she can, and as a matter of fact, she, you know, she, she has every right to. And so we ended it. And about 30 minutes later, I get a phone call from the assistant principal to go over it again. And I said, ma'am, why are you escalating this? And she says, no, I'm not escalating it, Mr. President. I said, yes, you are. My daughter told me I spoke to the teacher and we dealt with it. And now you, the assistant principal, is calling me. As a matter of fact, you know what? I want to have a meeting because I need to make sure my daughter's civil rights are not being violated. And, um, yeah, you, you, you got to be bold. And so we went into a meeting with the assistant principal and the teacher. And uh, they had changed their tune by that moment because I guess they went to the principal and said they realized, and, and they're there. And I looked at the, at, at the teacher, and I said, I want you to understand something. My daughter has every right, as long as it's not during class, to tell people about Jesus. She's got every right. As a matter of fact, 
Chances are that if you say you don't feel well, she's going to ask you if she can pray for you. And she has the right to do that. And you have the right to say no. And we all got it resolved and, and, and it got dealt with. Um, I don't think Alexandra still knows about that. We never told her at that moment. Um, they, they ended up saying that because I was the pastor of the church she was giving the flyer out to, that was the rule she was violating because it was promotion. Um, so then I went online and I ordered a bunch of bracelets that said, Jesus loves you. And I gave it to her. I was like, give these out whenever you want. It does nothing about 3W Church. Go tell people Jesus loves you. <laughs> Teach your children to be bold. And you be bold. Can I tell you? If you and I continue to stay silent with the atrocities that are happening in society, all we're doing is accelerating the, the return of Jesus. And there's a lot of people that would go to hell. You and I need to tell everybody we can. Jesus is alive. Jesus loves them. And he's the only way to the Father. Be bold. Pray. And as you see circumstance and situations... Don't back down. The only thing that I want us to do, if it's something down, is because we're going down to pray like Elijah was, where it says that he had his head between his knees, crying out to God. Because that's how we win the fight. And that's how we will see. And when you see the cloud like a little hand, begin to announce the rain is coming. Do you know what else we see there in that passage? A supernatural power came upon Elijah, and he outran the chariot. I want you to understand something. It was 25 miles from where they were to where they were going on the chariot. And out Elijah, Elijah outran the horse-drawn chariot because his faith was so stirred. Can I tell you, no matter what you face, as the Lord stirs you and moves you, you will outrun whatever it is. Not on adrenaline, but on the power of the Holy Spirit moving you and taking you to places that you never thought possible. It's why we acknowledge Him. It's why we spend time with Him. It's why we worship Him. And yes, things are hard, and there's talk about inflation and wars and all these different things, but my trust is not in the market, and it's not in the Federal Reserve, and it's not in the U.S. dollar. It's on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as I trust in Him, I'm able to go forward. But pastor, it's taken longer than I anticipated. Can I tell you what? Keep praying. As a matter of fact, start praying for things that aren't even near. What do I mean by that? I pray for the husbands of my daughters. And they know we're near getting married. No, thank you, Obi. All right? I pray for their parents, for God to be using them to pour into those boys. Pray for them. What are you waiting for? Like the son of the widow, what is dead in you right now that God is going to bring back to life? Is it a calling? Is it a vision? Is it a dream? What is it in us that we've been in a drought for three and a half years? 
we say, God, we continue to trust you. Let's stand to our feet. And I want us to just pray for a moment. As we enter a moment of worship, I want you to examine your heart and what is it in you that perhaps you stop believing for, you stop praying about. As a matter of fact, I'll help you with that. In a minute, help them open it. So, which way is it? This way? All right. So we're believing as a church for a new facility. And um, about two or three years ago, as we've been believing for God, I actually ordered this. And um, I forgot. And last week, as I was in the closet pulling some stuff out, I'm opening up the banners, and I find this one. And I felt convicted from the Lord, really. Like, like wh why do you have this rolled away instead of visible? And it's this. Go ahead and grab it and roll it. We ordered a couple of banners that say future home of 3W Church. We ordered this a couple years ago. Hold on, don't stop. I ordered them a few years ago and I rolled them up and put them in a corner. I was like, what am I doing? Yes, I had faith. I designed it. I ordered it. But why isn't it visible? So we put one up in our kids' room and we told the kids, start praying for the new kids' room at our church. And this one's going to be hung in my office so that every time I look up from my desk, I see it and I pray for it. And the day that we find out where it is, when it is, whatever it is, comes off the wall with tie wraps straight through the fence of the place that we get. Whatever place that may be. I don't know where it is, but God's going to do it. What is it in your life that you've been believing for? What act of faith can you do? And start praying for it. Pray. You're believing God to be able to buy a home and you're a renter and oh, but the market is crazy. Pray. Buy the frame that you're going to put in the thing, that the, in the house, and put it up and already have it. Like, like, whatever it is, start. Activate your faith. Because if we stop praying, it will not happen. Oh, but I thought God's going to do it. Yeah, no, 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 but God's used his people. Hezekiah was told he was going to die, but he went and prayed, and God said, I'll give you 15 more years. What is it that looked dead, visions, dreams? You're praying for your son. You're praying for your daughter. They go in their room and lay hands on the bed. Oh, they're, they're old. They, they, they have, they're married. They don't think. Get pictures of when they were children. Get pictures of stuff. Lay hands on the pictures and pray over it. Believing and looking to what God is.